You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 125 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Just Cody and Melbourne for this one. Uh, Abrams was uh, with you, uh, Chad, up in Toronto this past weekend, and uh, he couldn't make this one. So, uh, first of all, how was uh, your weekend with Case, and uh, and how you doing on this Monday evening as we're recording here? Good, good. It was lots of fun. Uh, would have been a bit better Sunday night if the Maple Leafs were able to win. We were just at a sports bar watching that together, and it just didn't go our way that was a terrible terrible game and I think it was because Casey was wearing my William Nylander jersey and I wasn't and that's why you know it didn't go the way we planned but it is what it is the game's in the books the weekend was fun though had a little party celebrated finishing uh you know my first year law school so had some people over for that Case was here because he's doing uh, he's at a convention this week for his job, so he was he's going to be downtown uh, mostly all week at that thing, and that's why he's not recording tonight. We actually meant to record yesterday, but then I lost track of time, and it's just like everything was so rushed with <laughs> this packed schedule weekend. So anyway, here we are, the two of us, and uh, we're going to talk about the playoffs because we're still in the first round, but it's been pretty crazy, right, like so far, and there's been a lot of surprises, so that's what we're going to get into today yeah like funny thing is like we joked how oh yeah like the first round is just gonna completely screw up our nhl.com uh stanley cup playoff brackets well we're only like three four games in each series and mine's already in shambles yeah i mean if we're talking games like because you had to pick games for series then yes mine is as well but if we're talking teams it could go either way still for for a lot of us here because That's there's, true. there's some yeah. close series for sure. And before we get into the episode here, uh, I just got reminded because Remy is is blowing my phone up. He's texting me about merch right now. I have to mention that if you go to boysintheboot.com, uh, you can get uh, our Boys in the Booth limited edition merch. There's over 65 items to choose from, bunch of different designs. You can get the classic, just the skate logo or the alternate logo on the chest, or you can get a bunch of other things, including uh, long sleeve golf quarter zip pullovers, bunch of different hats, bucket hats, etc. So there's something for everyone there. Make sure you check it out at boysinthebooth.com. Yeah, absolutely. Our biggest merch drop yet. So get yourself all set for summer. We've got some great weather here uh, all this week. So get yourself ready. And again, boysintheboot.com. Awesome. All right. We've got cap or no cap. And then we're going to go into a couple of big surprises uh, from the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs so far. But first, let's do a little cap or no cap. You're now listening to Cap or No Cap right here on the Boys in the Booth podcast. No cap, this shit bussin'. All right, first one for you, Chad. Big game tonight in Nashville. Game four between the Avs and the Predators. The Avs will sweep the Nashville Predators in game four tonight. Cap or no cap? 
That's a tough one. And I must say too, with just me and not Casey here doing this cap or no cap, there's a bit more pressure on me here because I don't get to listen <laughs> to what Case says first or, or vice versa. So it's all on me. And I will say cap. They don't sweep the series tonight just because I don't think in my original bracket that I submitted to NHL.com, I had them sweeping uh, or in our predictions. I think I had them in five. So I'll Same. stick it out with that five games for the avalanche um and simply because i think connor ingram has really emerged as as a solid goaltender in in these playoffs here sort of completely out of necessity because yep. uc saros is hurt david riddick became a, an absolute non-option for the team and ingram has kind of stepped in and, and been the guy and i was actually surprised about that i was looking through some of the the goalie stats earlier today and that may be a bit of a teaser to what we're going to talk about later but uh yeah ingram has been really good so i think uh i have to go with cap they don't get swept tonight in game four and uh what a great story he is as well um all right next one for cap or no cap big news out of new york when it comes to the islanders today barry trotz being let go uh by lou lamorello and the islanders so barry trotz will be coaching in the nhl next season cap or no cap that is no cap for sure and i think there's a handful of teams who would be extremely excited to have him as their head coach because let's face it with the islanders he wasn't the problem you know like i think and we talked about this today i think the problem goes back to uh you know their 100 year old general manager who has an 11 million dollar fourth line and thinks it's the best thing since sliced bread so i think that's the problem with the islanders they don't have a great team on the ice in the first place it has nothing to do with barry trotz in fact that's the only reason they were so good for so long in my opinion because they fit that system to a T and he was able to get them uh, you know to back-to-back conference finals but never able to get over the hump from there but someone will definitely have him as a head coach next season I'm looking at the Detroit Red Wings I think that makes total sense for them they're on the up and up I think they've got the players but now they need the structure and if you're talking about winners Steve Eiserman knows how to pick winners Barry Trotz has won I think it just makes sense for Detroit. What do you think about that? Do you think Detroit's out of left field, or do you think that makes sense? Personally, I just thought in my head, immediate connection. But, I, you know, could be wrong. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, first of all, like, we saw it with the Montreal Canadiens. Now we're kind of seeing it with the Islanders. Like, what a difference a year makes. And, like, this goes back to the last couple of years. The Islanders two final four appearances the last two years trots not far removed from a stanley cup with the washington capitals in 2018 and the islanders have a bad season um a long road trip and covid and uh he's out the door so you know what man i don't think detroit is out of left field i think he could go anywhere i think like if all 32 teams had coaching vacancies 
they'd all be calling Barry Trotz's representatives about him. He's a great coach, so I could see Detroit. I could see Philadelphia as well because we know there's an opening there. And also been hearing a lot about the Winnipeg Jets because there are a lot of connections uh, between Trotz and the Jets. So uh, I could see him going anywhere, man. Yeah, another one that I just thought of as well is New Jersey because didn't they just say the other day that they're not bringing back their full coaching staff like I think uh, I mean Casey would be the best to talk about this but I think yeah. they said Nazardine is out so maybe they're looking for someone yeah so the and and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, from what I heard from Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick last Friday is that they didn't really get a clear answer on Lindy Ruff just yet so we kind of have to wait and see there but you're correct in saying that Elaine Nezredine and Mark Reckie have both been relieved of their duties. So yes. uh, we'll wait and see there, but that's another possible fit for sure. All right, and the last one for cap or no cap, Mark Shifley will return to the Winnipeg Jets next season. Cap or no cap? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I will say cap. He doesn't return to the Winnipeg Jets because he's been expressing some frustration um, and that's nothing new. He's been expressing frustration with the state of the team, with coaching staff over the years, no matter who was behind the bench, whether it was Paul Maurice or or whoever. Um, And it just seems like there's something wrong in that dressing room. And to me, after hearing countless stories that no, they haven't been corroborated, but you hear stories about maybe he's the problem, right? And, or maybe it's Blake Wheeler, or maybe it's the older guys clashing with the younger guys. So you've heard a lot of rumblings about that, and it seems like Shifley's been the only one who's been who's been pretty vocal about it so far. So it would make sense if he doesn't return to Winnipeg, um, but at the same time, He's not the same player he used to be, and I don't think he's as good of a player as he thinks he is either. So I'm not very high on on Mark Shifley in the first place, so I don't know like what that kind of transaction looks like for him. Yeah. But I'll say Cap. I think there's at least uh, a fair probability that he doesn't return to Winnipeg, which, which would be a bit shocking because he's been there for his career. Um but yeah, I, I could definitely see that happening. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, a, a sort of a, a change to that mix in Winnipeg is coming. And, uh, you know, yeah, like it, it, it wouldn't be a surprise to see Shifley go. But uh, if you're Kevin Day off, you better make sure you're getting some good assets in return for him because... Yes, I agree. He's not the same player he was a few years back, and he's not as good as he says he is, but still love Mark Shifley. I'm still a fan of him. He's still a great player, so don't really know what that deal looks like, but um, if if it does happen, for Winnipeg's sake, they better get a good return for him. And, uh, yeah, he could be the guy that goes just to sort of – change up the mix a little bit and kind of breathe some new life into that team. So anyway, we'll wait and see. Okay, there we go. One, two, three. That's it for cap or no cap for this episode. And now we move on to uh, a couple of our biggest surprises from the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs so far. And uh, 
it, it's crazy. Like I said, you know, when it comes to games, like the how long each series is going to go uh, with our NHL.com playoff brackets i mean it's in, it's in shambles and you know three four games into each series we've seen some pretty big surprises so far so chad i know you've got one and you've also got an honorable mention so uh let's get into those yeah well i mean like i've got a few because we haven't talked about you know the the actual games played in the playoffs yet because our last episode we did predictions and next episode will likely be second round predictions depending on sort of when that falls so this is really our only opportunity to talk about what's happened so far through the first week of the playoffs so i i actually i have a few here and i guess i'll I'll rhyme off just some easy ones to to start with and the first one is david perron for me leading the nhl right now in expected goals with 3.4 he has five actual goals and seven points in four games. He's been an absolute, uh, just just incredible player so far for the St. Louis Blues. And there's a few good stories like that, too. Like another one is Evander Kane. He has five goals in four games for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, another guy is Ilya Mikheyev for the Maple Leafs. Seems like he's getting tons of chances. Uh, you know, he's sitting in eighth in the NHL and expected goals. And again, just another guy who has kind of, came through for their team thus far and and it's been a bit of a surprise because if you look at this list the expected goals leaders in the in the nhl right now in the playoffs and i shared it on our our page the other day because there were some interesting names including david camp uh and pierre engvall in the top 20 and that's kind of why i shared it as you know a, a leafs homer i wanted to shed some light and and show some support for the depth guys in toronto but there's some surprising names on the list and some even more surprising ones who are not on the list or at least not very high. So, you know, it, it's been a, a great playoffs thus far for depth scoring and, and depth lines generating opportunities. So I'll say that that is sort of my first surprise. Those guys having some some really good starts here. Um, yeah. Another surprise for me, and this is sort of my main one. I guess you can say the first one's an honorable mention. This is my main one, and it's pretty general, so I figured I could kind of say it, and then we could chat about it a bit because it, it is general. But yeah, um, goaltending, like that's that's been the biggest surprise, and I you can't narrow it down to a single guy. But I mentioned Connor Ingram. That's a huge surprise because he came into this series as the backup you know because David Riddick was the guy that that UC Saros was out so it was David Riddick's crease because he was closer to an NHL goalie or that's what they thought but then Connor Ingram has come in and he's been incredible in three games he saved nearly three goals above expected so that's every single game he's played he stopped at least one that he shouldn't have or or wasn't expected to and that's like more than you can ask from any goalie in the NHL, especially a guy coming in as a third string to start games against perhaps the best team in the NHL. So he's looked fantastic, um, sitting in fifth right now in goal saved above expected. Number one in goal saved above expected, though, I'm not sure if 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 you know this, Harp, but it's Mike Smith. He yeah, he's been really good. Uh, you know, aside from early fumbles but he had a shutout in it was either game two or game three 
the six nothing win, and then yeah, they, game two, yeah, game two, and then they blew out L.A. right after that. I think it was like eight two or something, like a yes, massive yeah. scores there. But Mike Smith has been great in in both of those games, and and his combined four games played so far. Like after game one, there were some talks that you know maybe he wouldn't be returning to the crease after kind of stumbling out of the gate. But so far, and since then, he's been really, really good. Like I said, sits number one in the NHL in terms of goal saved above expected. And we talked about this in our last episode because that was one thing I said about the Oilers. I mean, I, I picked them to sweep L.A. That might have been a bit crazy of me to do because the series is tied 2-2 right now. But I said, listen, Mike Smith has been the best goalie in the NHL down the stretch over the last like 25 games, and he's continuing to showcase his talents right here um, as a 40-year-old goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers. So goaltending in general has been a big surprise for me. Uh, there's some other names on there, like Jake Ottinger has been incredible. I, I feel like you want to talk about him. Uh, and then, you know, on the other side of things, there's been... In, in the Toronto-Tampa series, both starting goalies have been about average or slightly below in terms of the numbers. And that's also a surprise because Andre Vasilevsky is touted as the best goalie in the NHL and, and he hasn't really lived up to that yet. Um, you know, uh, I think three goals allowed in every game. So there's a lot of surprises for goaltenders so far um, in the in these first four or so games in the playoffs here. So that's my sort of overarching general biggest surprise for me. I know that was a lot. But comments on that. Pick out a few guys like who you want to talk about. Who have you been surprised with between the pipes? Yeah, uh, goaltending is a good one. And uh, surprise, surprise that the goaltender on this podcast brings up how the goaltending has been a big surprise in the in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs so far, but it has been. And uh, before I mention Jake Ottinger, who was the one guy I wanted to talk about as my big surprise, and not just him specifically, but just the fact that you know the Dallas Stars have just completely. Uh, dried up the Calgary Flames offense and are leading in this series two games to one. Jill Pavelski continues to be an ageless wonder. Um, He's got uh, as many goals as the Calgary Flames have as a team in this series so far. But uh, Jake Ottinger has been the X factor, man. He stopped 93 of the Flames. uh, He stopped 93 of the Flames last 96 shots. He's been he's been absolutely incredible. And I feel like we don't mention him enough when it comes to that young core, that roster turnover that we're seeing with the Dallas Stars, and we've mentioned a few times on this podcast, but he's a big part of that, and he's been terrific for Dallas. So really wanted to focus on him. And then you mentioned Connor Ingram a few minutes ago, Chad, and you know I felt so bad for him in Game 2. He gets them to overtime, and you're thinking like, he gives up that first goal on the first shot right at the start of the game, and you're thinking, oh, boy, yeah. this is going to be bad. Here we go. But, he, yeah, he stands on his head, 
on the road and ends up getting them to overtime and then Kale McCarr gets a nice goal to end it I I really felt bad for Connor Ingram but he's got a really great story man he's been a, a really solid AHL goalie all his career so far um, and he actually had to go into the player assistance program for OCD he really struggled with OCD and was able to get help and come back and here here he is starting goaltender for the Nashville Predators uh, in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs you gotta love that so um, definitely wanted to focus on Ottinger he was my guy he's been a really nice surprise just absolutely fantastic for the Dallas Stars and I think the number one reason why they're up two to one in this series against the Flames but uh, I guess honorable mention for me would be Connor Ingram uh, wanted to want to mention that as well, and uh, you know what, man? Like that uh, that Russian kid in Carolina, I, I forget what his name is, but he's been pretty good as well here and there. I know Carolina's dropped two straight, and now that series is tied at two with the Boston Bruins, but he's been pretty good also. So it's it's been a, a really big surprise. And one last thing, I know I'm rambling on a lot, but <laughs> I don't know if you saw that post. I forget who it was from, but looking at the contracts of a lot of these uh, goalies that have started in the first round of the uh, of the Stanley Cup playoffs so far, and they're all under like a million dollars. It's crazy. Yes, that's sort of what sparked my my pick for this surprise in, in the playoffs and and it being goaltending because so many guys who are starting extremely meaningful games for good teams too are making under a million bucks and it's just it's kind of crazy how that's happened and even in last game with the Maple Leafs you saw Eric Shelgren play and he was actually really good for for Toronto and so that's another guy who you just didn't expect to get in games but here we are that's the thing goaltending is is always so surprising and it's just totally random so you don't really know what's going to happen a lot of the time but it's funny you brought that up about uh Connor Ingram how he went into the player assistance program for OCD because I didn't know that at all. I thought when you said he had an interesting backstory, you were referring to um, last year when he got tangled up a bit with some accusations in the Allsvenskan regarding fixing games. Did you hear about that story at all? See, you missed the the. OCD thing and going into the player assistance program, I completely missed that other story. Yeah, so this is and and since then he's been cleared of of all allegations. There was a, an investigation found no wrongdoing on his part, but the the allegations were were said because he ended up there there were some betting on on a game and Ingram went in and this is in in tier 2 uh, Swedish league, the Allsvenskan, under the SHL, right? So this isn't like, you don't hear about this in, in North America, but, you know, only guys like us who, who follow the game and follow the prospects very closely know of it, that, that this league even exists. But anyways, he was playing in a game and, like, he allowed five goals or something on, like, on 10 shots or something like that. I was reading the article the other day. I don't remember the exact specifics, but... um. Yeah, so he was accused of fixing this game along with 
uh, management, the management group of the team and a few other players as well. But again, cleared of all wrongdoing. It's just interesting that like this guy, ha- it seems like he's lived like three or four lifetimes now and he's still a young <laughs> goaltender and he's starting yeah. games in the NHL and he's been really, really damn good. So congrats to him, like just to get there playing, playing in the SHL, the AHL, um, playing under some really good good players in Nashville as well, and it didn't seem like there was any chance that he'd be in this position at this time, but he is, and he's succeeding. So I would love for Nashville to to steal a game here. Going back to our first cap or no cap question, I I really hope they win tonight and uh, don't get swept just for that guy because that that's a hell of a story both ways. And it's funny that we each have a little tidbit about the guy to bring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely uh, hilarious, and uh, you know, I, I I could see, I could see Nashville pulling out a win on home ice, especially, and then uh, and then you know Colorado uh, winning the next one to uh, to to take it in in five games. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see uh, nine thirty puck drop tonight for for game four between the Avalanche and the Predators. Um, I guess, Chad, before we, we wrap up again, this is just a, a quick episode, but um, wanted to bring up a couple of things to you before we wrap up. One, uh, how do you feel about the number of lopsided games that we've seen? Like, how do you kind of take that? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Um, because I kind of have an interesting perspective on it that Elliot Friedman actually brought up. Surprise, surprise. I'm <laughs> referencing something that he said. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just how, how do you feel about all of the lopsided games that we've seen so far? Well, it's kind of interesting, right, because you think in the playoffs, you know, these teams are the best in the league and therefore they're going to have closer scores than if team number one is playing team number 32. But it, it has been odd but i really like it because i think first of all i think it helps for betting and casey and i were talking about this on the weekend because you know if you get blown out you come back and win the next game that's how it works we've seen that in the maple Leafs series leafs blow out tampa five nothing lose the next game tampa blows out toronto toronto comes back that's what we're hoping after last game's blowout, essentially. But, And then we saw it in, in the L.A. and Edmonton series, too. Edmonton blew out L.A. twice in a row, like just absolutely battered them. It wasn't even close. And then L.A. came out and, and gets a win in game four. So it's, uh, it, it's definitely interesting, definitely not what I was expecting. But at the same time, and for me, like I was just looking at, at obviously the Tampa-Toronto series, I keep bringing that up because obviously that's what I'm following. But um, if you look at the goal differential between the teams, the Leafs are plus one and Tampa's minus one. After so many up and down games, it's funny that they still kind of come back to like scoring essentially the exact same amount of goals, even though there's been so many up and down games. So, um, yes, there's been a ton of blowouts. I think it's a ton of fun. I think it's very dangerous for teams who run up the score, though, because you know what happens when, when you blow out a team in the NHL. These teams have pride. And if your pride is hurt by getting blown out, like, look out. 
next game. We all know that. So it's interesting. But I, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this because I did not, like you, listen to uh, the latest episode of 32 Thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, that was all great stuff. And uh, for me, it's just uh, don't have much to say other than um, I'm fine with some of these lopsided games. We've certainly have uh, have had a lot of them. But um, I, I think what we're seeing is that, um, you know what, as long as we get longer series, like I'm OK with uh, more of these lopsided games, but uh, as, as long as we get longer series, you know, as long as we get more six, seven game series, I'm OK with it. And so I just found that that was a really interesting perspective, a, a way to look at it. And um who knows like in that case we get more of these six seven game series um which which we will uh because like all of the four series that played or sorry uh the other four series that played last night they're all tied up at two now so um it it means we're getting deeper series uh and uh i'm all for it and you know what maybe those last two games those uh game six and seven of these series will be uh will be tighter and we'll see less goals and uh you know maybe an overtime finish here and there you know what i'm okay with that yeah me too a game seven overtime heroic event i would be okay with seeing that i suppose in (laughs) any series (laughs) yes oh definitely but yeah no i i just i i really like that point that that uh elliot friedman brought up that uh you know what sure we might be getting a lot of these lopsided games but it means that we get to see longer series and i'm totally okay with that so i wanted to get that point in there and one more thing before we wrap up chad uh which team in the first round that came in as the favorite and is trailing in the series are you worried about the most so we're looking at teams like florida calgary maybe you're worried about toronto right now even being tied at two with the tampa bay lightning uh it can be whoever is there a team right now you thought would win the opening series that's currently trailing still might win but you're concerned about I would say of the teams you mentioned, I'm the least concerned about the Calgary Flames. I believe in their team. I think they're deep enough. They just have to start generating uh, some more scoring opportunities. And I guess I shouldn't even say that. I think they have been generating a decent amount. I haven't looked at the numbers, but they have to start burying. And I guess you could say it's a little worrisome because we talked about uh, Jake Ottinger being so good, but... How many games can a goalie realistically steal in a series? All four? Like, it seems unlikely. So I would say I'm the least worried about Calgary. I would say I'm the most worried about Florida. Something seems to be wrong in Florida, and I can't quite put my finger on it. But, you know, maybe it's a bit of lack of experience for some of their core guys in the playoffs. And I hate even using that argument because that argument's made against the Maple Leafs all the time but it just seems like Washington is like yeah been there done that I'll do it again so to me I don't think there's anything specifically that I can put my finger on and maybe you can I haven't been watching close enough but it just seems like uh, something's wrong in Florida and if they don't figure it out soon uh, they're going to be in trouble yeah um 
you're certainly not the only take uh, for the for the Florida Panthers. Uh, the take are the only taker for the Panthers. Excuse me. Um, surprise, surprise. I was listening to Frank Saravalli's podcast today and uh, he mentioned Florida as well. How Aaron Ekblad came in and uh, basically hadn't played with a guy like Claude Giroux yet since he came over at the deadline and how it's just kind of thrown everybody off on that top power play unit and that the Capitals aren't getting enough credit for the way that they've played defensively and not letting the Panthers do what they do in the neutral zone in particular and getting those offensive opportunities. And I mean, the results show it like Washington won the last game, game three, six to one. So um, we're, we're seeing that and uh, just the defense in general. And he also mentioned how the trade for Ben Sherratt hasn't really worked out. He's just he, he hasn't been enough of an impact on that blue line. And they gave up a really big, uh, a really big price for him. Uh, you know, for a guy who is a third pair defenseman right now playing 14, 15 minutes a night, uh, Mackenzie Weeger, another great defenseman uh, in the NHL and, and uh, you know, my dark horse for the Norris at one point, he's been average too. So I just think the chemistry is a little bit off, um, you know, the Panthers had a pretty easy season where they were filling the net. Uh, this may be like the Tampa Bay Lightning a couple of years ago against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, uh, they're they're not going to get swept, obviously, in round one here. But, man, Washington is playing really well against them. And um, the Capitals' best players have been their best players. And we kind of mentioned this. Like, if there, there are certain teams that are capable of, of pulling off an upset and – the Capitals certainly are one of those teams. They've they've won before, and uh, they're just they're playing so well in in the neutral zone, just clogging up that area of the ice. And the Panthers just aren't able to get those opportunities. So yeah, man, I'm gonna agree with you. I, I'm I'm a little concerned about the Panthers too. And and you know what? I think another factor is um, the the lack of experience with with their head coach Andrew Burnett. Like he's never really been in this position coaching in a in a playoff series where there's a lot of pressure on this team there's certainly pressure in toronto chad like we've talked about not winning a series and so four but man the panthers were the president's trophy winners seen as a for sure stanley cup contender haven't won a round since 96 and currently down two to one against the Washington Capitals heading into game four and they got blown out in game three in DC so I'm concerned about the Panthers too yeah the the east is pretty good isn't it I, like I think we're seeing it that is. now um you know wouldn't it wouldn't it be nice if Florida could play Nashville or someone in the first round like I think they'd like that wouldn't they <laughs> <laughs> Not saying Nashville's bad. I'm just saying the East is stacked, man. Every playoff team had over 100 points. Like, yep. it, And we said that last episode. We wouldn't be shocked if if any of the teams in the East made it to the second round or even won the Cup for that matter because every team in the East has a legit shot 
and that's including some of the older teams like Washington and Pittsburgh. That's including some of the new kids on the block like Florida, like Toronto, and you know that's including the mainstays as well, like obviously Tampa Bay and, and et cetera. So it's it's a it's a deep conference. We knew this going into it. I don't want to say I told you so about the Florida Panthers yet because the series isn't over. And I did pick them to win in the first round. But I've been saying all year that I wanted Toronto to play them in the first round because I'm not scared of Florida. And maybe, you know, in a couple weeks, knock on wood, you know, Toronto and Florida end up winning and playing each other or something and then Toronto loses. Like, you can just play this and it'll be funny. But I'm just like, I'm just not worried about the Florida Panthers. I haven't been. It is a bit surprising that they haven't, you know, lived up to their president's trophy uh, season so far in the playoffs but we know that goals are hard to come by in the playoffs harder than in the regular season that's just a given Um, we know that special teams is massive in the playoffs and you mentioned some chemistry issues on their number one power play and that's never good you need to have a hot power play running into the playoffs and then also we know that Goaltending is a major factor in the playoffs. Ilya Samsonov, I'm just looking at it now, has been incredible for yeah. Washington so far. Uh, you know, he's currently ranked fourth in goals saved above expected. And, you know, it is he's only played two games, but, you know, he's been solid in those two games. He saved three goals above expected. And we just know that coaching is important. You mentioned the, maybe a bit of lack of experience there. Um, so there's a lot of factors here that pointed me towards... Florida not being as dangerous as people thought but at the end of the day they're still in it but there is a little bit of of cause for concern here because if they don't even win a round after winning the president's trophy and after getting Giroux and after overpaying for Sherratt and making all those moves to go all in it's going to be considered a, a monumental failure a colossal failure 100% like it won't be thought as thought of as anything else and uh, you know maybe you can blame it on the president's trophy curse because the president's (laughs) trophy winner hasn't won the cup in you know like 30 years or whatever but it's uh you know it's fascinating that they're struggling a bit and like I said I I, I'm not gonna say I told you so yet because they're still in it but uh, there is a a bit of cause for concern. So back to your original question, if we're talking about the teams who were the favorites, who are down in the series right now, who am I most concerned about? I told you I'm least concerned with the Flames. I would say I am most concerned with the Florida Panthers. Yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna agree with you with uh, with both of those uh, both of those takes. I'm, I'm least concerned about the Flames. They're actually my pick to win the Stanley Cup. You know that. Um, had them winning against Florida in the finals, uh, ironically enough. But uh, so yeah, I'm not concerned about them. I think they just they need to keep grinding away, and uh, they're a really good team, and they'll find a way to uh, get pucks past Jake Ottinger and uh, and get through to the Dallas Stars because um, the Stars are just kind of grinding away at the Flames, and they don't score a ton of goals. So, like, it's been a very low-scoring series. I think it's been the lowest-scoring series um, out of all of them here so far. So, uh, yeah, not too worried about the Flames, but 
definitely am worried about the Florida Panthers, especially if they lose game four tonight in Washington. Yeah, we we said last episode, it's tougher to score your way out of problems. And, you know, they did that all season long. And it seems like they're kind of realizing that now. So, yeah. And and again, going back to the Capitals, I think they realize that, you know what, we're not going to outscore the Panthers. We have to out defend the Panthers and we have to limit their chances and throw them off their game. And they've certainly done that so far. And I'm glad you mentioned Ilya Samsonov. He's been fantastic. And I think it's been a very up and down year for him. We kind of wondered going in, who was it going to be to sort of grab the net here? Samsonov or Vanacek? And it looks like Ilya Samsonov has done just that. Yep. Uh, Did you have any surprises that you wanted to share before we wrap up here? Uh, Not really, man. Just, uh, you know, we kind of... We kind of touched on it all just as an open discussion, uh, an open, free-flowing discussion, which was nice. Just, uh, you know, surprised at the fact that the Dallas Stars are up 2-1 on the Calgary Flames, that the Florida Panthers look concerning, that they're trailing in their series against the Capitals. But for me, it was really just Jake Ottinger and how well he's played, a young goaltender coming into this series as the – as the number one guy this time around for the Dallas Stars. He's just been so good. So that was the big surprise for me. But we kind of touched on everything, which was nice, and and uh, wanted to, to talk about Connor Ingram as well. And so, uh, but yeah, if I had to go with my number one, you know, most impressive, the one that's kind of stuck out to me the most, definitely the play of Jake Ottinger for Dallas. Nice. Okay, well, my final word then, just to wrap up for me, we'll just – Again, to plug the the merch store at boysinthebooth.com. Over 65 new items to choose from. Our biggest merch drop ever. Uh, We'll be selling it for a little bit, but it is a limited time only. So make sure you go there uh, as soon as you can. Support the podcast. All the money will be going back uh, to improving the show and, uh, you know, doing things that make our lives a bit easier. So we do appreciate everyone uh, who goes to the website, boysinthebooth.com, and uh, gets some, some sick merch. There's some great stuff there. So check it out. Yep. Our biggest one yet. So, again, you know where to go. Get yourself set up with some sweet Boys in the Booth swag for summer 2022. All right, Chad, thanks so much for this, man. Uh, Episode 125 in the books. And uh, looking forward to having all three of the boys back for next week. And uh, enjoy the games this week, man. Things are getting interesting. They certainly are. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 